Before we get started with this week's edition of the Always Pressing PGA DFS Podcast, let me let you know that it's brought to you by Draft, Draft.com. Fantasy sports fans, listen up. Did you know that your chances of winning on Draft are 80% better than on salary cap sites? That's why you need to try Draft. No more getting crushed by the pros. More than 1 million people have already downloaded Draft. Playing a real-life NBA, NFL, or for this podcast purpose, PGA Draft right now. Be done drafting in under five minutes and get paid out the day the tournament is done. The PGA version is great. You draft, you enjoy the four days, and you collect your money Sunday night. Drafts are filling every second so you can join them whenever you want. All new players, this is the catch. All new players, when they make their first deposit, get entry into a real money draft by using the promo code SD Sports. You gotta use the promo code SD Sports to get that free entry. That's right. Playing a real money draft for free by using the promo code SD Sports. But it gets even better. For some crazy reason you do not like draft, they are offering a hundred dollar money back guarantee. Just search draft in your app store or go to draft.com and come play for free right now. But you have to use the promo code SD Sports. Void or prohibited, must be 18 or older. See website for details. Offer must be redeemed within 14 days. Now, welcome to this week's edition of the Always Pressing PGA DFS Podcast. Lay. Yeah. Yeah. is in the building. Yeah. All right, already the show goes on all night. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Always Pressing PGA DFS podcast. This week, we'll be previewing the Quicken Loan National, a.k.a. the National, out of TPC Potomac. Uh, Second year, they've had it there, but we'll get into that later. Uh, in order to preview it with me, I got my co-host, as always, Jesse. How we doing, man? Doing well, dude. You doing all right? Yep. Just another Monday. Um, yep. Living the dream. Watching uh, Paul Casey collapse yesterday. Lots of lots of fun stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, good stuff. But uh, let, let's recap the Travelers real briefly. Bubba Watson wins his third tournament of the year. No, that is not a uh, mm-hmm. misquote. His third of the year, which is just banana lands. It's amazing what a real golf ball can do, Jesse. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, I mean, he's king of course history too. I mean, he's, uh, he obviously won at Riviera where he's won three times. Uh, this is his third win at this golf course. Um, of course, we know his history at the Masters. Bubba just likes certain places um and just plays well at certain places and i think one of the things about this golf course in particular is you do have to shape some shape some shots off the tee and get kind of creative and that's what uh that's what he likes to do um anyway so it just fits his eye for whatever reason but yeah two a pair of 63s um with a even par round on thursday and then uh you know three under on on saturday pretty 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 impressive golf from bubba this year um and pretty shitty for Volvic. Yeah, that's one thing I was thinking about. There's two. There's a catch-22 there. Titleists will never have to pay someone a lot of money ever again if they want because proof is in the pudding, literally, in this one. It's like, literally, look what just happened here. And Volvic, I don't know how they're going to sell a golf ball again unless it's, like, next to the X'd out ones on the shelf at Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> like their, their stick is, like, these neon color balls now. It's all commercial for them. Like that's what they're trying to sell it, and it's just like, I don't 
hell no. Well, let's have some fun with this for a minute. Um, you know, some other of the bigger companies will make a couple of neon balls here and there. I've seen Volvic do a ton. Um, the off-brand Vice, they're making, a, like you see it all over. Every, anytime you log into Facebook, it seems like there's a Facebook thing for Vice on there, at least on yeah. mine. Oh, yeah. And, um, and they have like five different colors now. When you go to a golf course, what is your take on someone playing a neon golf ball? <laughs> uh, I mean, to each their own, but I, I, I – uh... I mean, I, I don't know. I, 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 I just can't do it. I can't do it myself. Um, playing the golf tournament this past weekend, and I got some flat, like it's they're like flat blue balls. Are they the new? Uh, those not the Volvics, are they? Max Fly. No, Max Fly. Volvic though, they are awful. Yeah, because that's the weirdest thing is my buddy who I play golf with a lot. He's a he, he fluctuates between like a three and a negative or a positive one or whatever. He's just, he's right in that scratchish area, depending on how often he's playing. And I hadn't played with him in probably six months. We played a couple weeks ago and he brings out this matte finished Volvic yellow golf ball. <laughs> and this is a guy that's like, he, he, he plays the Epic driver. He has all the to- tools in the bag and he's really, really good. And I was thinking, going, what the hell are you doing? And he, he made it work. But you could tell like it doesn't spin. The, the matte finish is just a real odd one for me. It is but um, we might have to have a whole uh, you know equipment show one of these days when we have a slow season because there's a lot of goofy shit out there these days. Um, but back to your bubble points, you mentioned all the shot shaping, all that good stuff. That's what he does. That's why he likes these peat die courses. Um, he can bomb and gouge it if he has to, and or he can make his shots like you said. So it's really interesting. Let's talk Paul Casey. I'm sitting there Sunday morning before I was trying to do a, you know, a nice day with the wife, and I realized Casey might win twice in a year, and he hasn't been able to win him forever. This is pretty yeah. crazy. Uh-huh. Everyone's putting up low everyone's putting up low scores. Like, here it comes. And then I watched, like, the first three holes before I left the house, and he was spraying it left and right, and I was concerned. What's your thoughts on Casey, uh, his collapse, one would say? I really – I don't know. Like, I, I felt like since he's already won this year that – he wasn't going to come out and be like super tight because the golf course was playing easy. On That's Sunday. what I was thinking. The golf course was playing, was gettable. There's going to be like lots of, holes, any wins. <laughs> lots of holes to, I mean, score on. It, 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 I think he beat like two guys or something, two or three guys. One of them actually was Justin Thomas that day by shooting two over. But I mean, from the start, he sprays one right, gets lucky, kicks out in the fairway, hits it long, and then drills a putt from the back of the green. I mean, you thought, well, that's his day maybe. And then from then on, it was just struggle bus. I mean, he hit it all over the place and just struggled to make par. And anytime that that happens, obviously, if you're just making pars, the golf course is gettable, lead shrinks. And then by the time you need to make birdies, like it's just, you can't. Cause he's just so uptight and in his own head at that point. And, Man, I mean, he's one of my favorite golfers, but that was that was hard to watch, very hard to watch. Yeah, it was tough because if Casey just makes second place or better in my four or six caches, and I'm happy as can be, but um, I, you shouldn't be happy with the four or six. You had a good week, but, um, yeah, you had a very good week. But uh, I don't know. Do you want to comment on that or you just want to move on? <laughs> yeah, it was uh, – I, I, I got six through somehow, and then all week when, you know – there was like 2%, 3%, 6 to 6, you know, paid off all right. So, um, you know, we mentioned Bryson last week. We mentioned Paul Casey, of course. Grillo played all right. Um, 
Bubba obviously was was on my on my picks, and I think we talked about him a little bit last week too. So yeah, worked out pretty well. This will kind of lead into the next part because you know we were both on Casey and uh, Bryson as our core. Those were like our two our two dudes, and yeah, they they definitely had a major impact on it. Um, kind of talk about some things you learned in your ownership. You, you talked about, and you know, one if you can mention it, where the hell did Grios? Like we knew he'd be popular, but that was Banana Lands last week. Yeah, well, actually, I talked about it a little bit in um, the Slack chat on Wednesday night when we were all yeah. in there about how I thought he was going to be mega chalk. The reason what I mean, reason being is like just sometimes there's prices on guys, and they're popular to begin with. They've been popular. The price is right, and it just happens. But I did not. I didn't expect 45, 50 percent ownership for Grillo. I mean, that was absolutely insane. Um, I also didn't, you know, expect some of the other chalk that we had as well. I mean, it was a it was a strange week, but there was there was four guys over five guys over 20 percent, and two of them missed the cut. Um, the other one was one of them was Paul Casey and Cantlay, of course, with Grillo. So. Yeah, it was a wild week, man. Um, I, I don't, I don't know how it gets there, but I, I have a feeling like that this week, due to the slaughter of the chalk last week, ownership's going to be spread out a little bit better, especially with the pricing that we'll get into here in a little bit. Yeah, most definitely. And everybody, go check out Fanshare Sports uh, for Jesse's article later this evening on his uh, uh, kind of recap and some ownership and other good stuff there that they have at Fanshare. A lot of uh, Really good PGA content and football's around the corner and they're already gearing up for that. So go check all that good stuff out. Let's get into the quick and loan invitational. Uh, I'll get into the course preview in a little bit. Would you go to P- TPC Potomac? Uh, why don't you give us a little past event history, Jesse? Yeah, so this golf course um, is hosting it for the second year. So last year was the first and only time that they played this tournament um, at this golf course. Last year, Kyle Stanley won in a playoff over Charles Howell the third low scoring. It's a difficult golf course. I'm sure to talk about it. Seven under uh, was the winner um, last year. Other previous winners, which don't really matter of this particular golf tournament, Billy Hurley, Troy Merritt, Justin Rose, um, Tiger Woods, Anthony Kim. Fun groups, fun yeah. groups right there. But that kind of just shows you what it was. And, and you mentioned, I'll go into the course preview now. This is a, a renovated course. When they first used to have it there, it was a disaster. They had, they tried to resemble like that. Uh, the sixth hole resembled the 13th at um, Augusta. Then they changed, they renovated that, stretched it out more to a different type of par four. There's a lot of issues with the greens and uh, pros complaining everywhere. You can read all kinds of articles on it. Um, the greens were either a mess or the fairways are bad or the water wasn't running. The drainage is horrible. Tons and tons of problems that people saw with this course. So for a couple of years, it was like uh, over at um, Congressional and a couple other places. Now it's back. I believe the actual the senior players was held here a year or two ago as well. So they've really done a number on this. Pete Dye and a handful of other designers have helped redo this. They spent millions upon millions of dollars to renovate. So it's TPC Potomac at Avenue Farms. Um, like I said, renovated in 2009. It's a par 70, 7,139 yards, two par fives, four par threes. Uh, and the rest of part four is ranging from 380 to 450 yards. So if you kind of remember what we've talked about in the past, a lot of that lines out kind of how we played last week. And a lot of these kind of par 70s we've seen here on this uh, this little, you know, last month or so. Uh, it's going to play a lot like last week, but harder. Last week we saw a lot of scoring. Like Jesse said, you know, winning score seven under. 
going to be a lot more difficult. Um, it was the 10th ranked hardest hole or hardest course on the tour last year. So that'll give you a little idea there for uh, not the, the greatest field, but still very challenging. Uh, very tight fairways. Uh, the first cut of rust, okay. It's sticky because of the moisture in the area. But then you get into some fescue and it gets pretty nasty out there. So you don't have to be super, super accurate here, but you don't want to be straying off the path too much. Lots of trees. There's creeks and streams. There's different uh, tributaries to the Potomac out here. There's it, it, It's very scenic. You get a little bit of the city, a little bit of everything in it. Uh, there's very, very deep bunkers around the greens. Uh, some say it's got like a uh, a European, English-type feel to it without the Lynx feel. It's a weird description I was reading. But um, the, 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 the basic deal is it's more of a shot maker's course like last week. Bombing, it's not the key to success here. And um, just stay out of trouble. And uh, par is not a horrible score at this course. So should be a very interesting week, especially with some of the names we'll get to here in a little bit. Uh, Jesse, why don't you give me some key stats you're looking at this week? Yeah, it's like you said, it's kind of similar to last week. I'm obviously every week for me, it's greens and regulation. This week, more accuracy than distance off the tee. Um, and instead of birdie or better, I'm looking more at bogey or worse. Um, but then a little tiny bit of course history, not much. I'm not super worried about it. But I mean, I think far, par four scoring comes into account again where there's so many par fours. Um, it is a difficult track, so yeah, so the par makers can do better than your bombers who you know are making lots of doubles. Yeah, this uh, definitely is like a bogey avoidance stat to so definitely take a look at, like you're saying. Uh, strokes gain tee to green because you're going to have to basically make your shots and uh, be very, very accurate with that. Um, and par is a great score. Um, so it's almost like a mix of last week's course with the abilities of the open where you want to get pars it's a really weird dynamic to this one especially with the feel like we keep saying over and over but it's it's an odd deal here so before we get into the dk picks i'm gonna go over a few fan share things uh at this tournament last year these are the top 10 tagged guys and i'll give you an idea some of these names are here again this week but you had ricky fowler bill haas david lingworth brendan Steele, siwoo kim Kyle Stanley, Danny Lee, Justin Thomas, Mark Leishman, and Adam Hadwin. I believe all but one or two of those are here this week. So um, I, I imagine you're going to see a lot of people go past event history because really the it's only been at this exact course once. So keep that in mind. Um, when you're looking at recent DK scoring in your last um, three events, your top guys in this field, J.B. Holmes leads the way. Let that sink in for a minute. He's averaging – um, uh, 104 DraftKings points per week right now, which is just insane. Then second is Stewie Sink, Kevin Na, Anabon Lahiri, Ricky Fowler, Jimmy Walker, Fabian Gomez is averaging 75 points in his last three events. Joaquin Neiman, Ryan Armour, and Kyle Stanley. So Jesse, I don't know about you, but that that list is pretty nasty, and I don't know. I don't know if that's a detriment to what this field is or <laughs> what's going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you go to if you go yeah if you go to the last six events, it's not much better. So I won't even read those to you. But um, last year at this this exact event, your top um, your top ten DK scores, and you kind of expect it by the leaderboard was Kyle Stanley, Mark Leishman, CH3, Ricky Fowler, Marty Tardy Laird, David Lingworth, Sun Hoon Kang, 
Johnson Wagner, Ben Martin, and Jeff Ogilvie. So a lot of guys, I'd say about half those guys are tops and tags. So kind of a correlating effect, like you said, might get a spread out ownership, might see a lot in common. We, we'll see. We take this brief break in the always pressing PGA DFS podcast to talk to you about RotoWare, one of the greatest shirts in fantasy sports. They have DFS shirts, fantasy season long, all kinds of great shirts. They're the best quality shirts in the industry. No other brand can compete with RotoWare in terms of quality, premium blend fabric, super soft, comfortable, athletic fit shirts, specialized printing process, designed as part of the shirt, literally dyed bleached into the fabric, no thick ink. It's ridiculous the amount of options you can find, over 30 different designs. Fantasy football, baseball, hockey, basketball, DFS, they keep coming out with more and more and more stuff. Men's, women's, kids, you name it, they've got it. There's lots of buzz kicking up in the fantasy industry about it. People are wearing these shirts. They're representing the shirts. They are great quality shirts. And you can have one too. You can have more than one, as many as you want. Just use the promo code DEGENS, D-E-G-E-N-S, DEGENS, for 20% off your order. Go to rotoware.com. Or go to at RotoWare on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Check out what they have. They're giving away free shirts all the time on Twitter. But when you go to purchase, use the code DEGENS, D-E-G-E-N-S, for 20% off your order. Now back to the always pressing PGA TFS podcast. Let's get into the DraftKings picks for the week. we got five, uh, six guys over $10,000. you got Ricky Fowler at 11.7, Mark Leishman at 11.2, Tiger Woods at 11,000. Francisco Molinari at 10-6, Kyle Stanley at 10-2, and J.B. Holmes at 10,000. Jesse, who are you liking up top here? <laughs> Nobody. Um, dude, this is this is a wild region. I mean, when I first looked at this, uh, I immediately thought, like, like holy shit, like this is this is really happening. Um, you know, Francisco Molinari at $10,600. Uh but I, I get it because I mean the the field, especially once we get past these guys, it's it's not a very good field. Um, I think you can make a case for everybody up here. Uh, as far as the way I've modeled it, like Francisco Molinari is number one, but I don't know if I want to pay ten thousand six hundred dollars for him or not. Um, I would be more apt to go down to Kyle Stanley because a lot of people won't roster a guy who's a defending champion. Um, much like they won't put money back on the same number on a roulette table. But, I mean, in theory, he's got the same odds to win um, probably better this year than he did last year since he's won. So I, I don't mind Kyle Stanley. I think Marshley, Mark Leishman's interesting. He was a chalky miscut last week. Um, so I wonder if people will fade him due to that. Um, he does. He finished fifth here last year. Ricky, highest priced, typically is lower owned, but he's Ricky. And uh, I can see Ricky kind of, uh, especially with the names in this field, kind of going, get, bucking that trend and, and being higher owned than uh, normally the person who is most expensive would be. He finished third here last year. I mean, yeah, I guess you could play Tiger too, JB, obviously. But, I, I mean, I don't know about paying $11,000, $10,000 for those two. Like, that just eats up so much salary, and they got a top five at least to have any chance to pay off. So, <laughs> yeah, not very fun. Uh, when I'm looking up here, there's just two guys I'm looking at, and everything you said is very accurate indeed. But Molinari at 10-6 and Stanley at 10-2 are the two I'd look at. Stanley, for the reasons you mentioned, is – you know, defending champion narrative. Uh, you know, T15 last week was very, very good. A miscut prior to that. And you got Molinari just been playing really good golf. The one time he did play here wasn't this course, unfortunately. 
but in this area it was a T8, and he comes in in really, really good form. Um, I didn't re- mention it earlier, but recent form is going to be very big for me this week without a lot of course history. So, uh, and and the similarities of courses of late. So, uh, Molinari and Stanley are the two I'd look at there. I know JB Holmes is coming in in great recent form, but I just not paying ten thousand dollars for JB. I just can't do it. I'd rather pay for those other two guys if that makes sense to anybody. Yeah. But um, Tiger Woods, the elephant in the room, it's already widely being talked about all over the place. He's you know second best in odds to win. It's a it's a crap field. Blah 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 blah. What do you think his ownership is going to be? Uh, man, he's got he'll he'll have to be especially like in low dollar GPP big GPPs. He'll be at least twenty five. I think. Um, I think the higher dollar amounts probably he'll be lower. Uh, but he just like you can't hardly miss these these fairways because it's so the rough is so thick and tall. Like if you do, it's very very bad so is driving accuracy now you can hit less than driver in a lot of holes because it's not a very long golf course um so that might bode well for him and he's done very well tee to green this this year but then it gets to the green and he can't putt which used to be so i don't know man i mean eleven thousand dollars he's he's just about got a win in order to pay that off so i would bet against that just about every day of the week at this point you know, today, the way Tigers played this year. And that's how I feel at that price tag. He's got to win it, and I just don't feel it. Uh, and the scary part is I really, really want Tiger to win again. I just don't want him to win on weeks like this where he's going to be chalkier than chalk. It's like there's no fun in that. So one of these days he's going to do it, and everyone's going to go, look at me, I, I, I won with Tiger. But then don't forget, just like some touts on, on Twitter, don't forget that when you win once and you forget to tell everybody about the thousands and thousands you've lost before, Shit happens. Um, <laughs> let's get to the $9,000 range. You got Jimmy Walker at 96, Kevin Knott at 94, Hostler coming off a great week at 9,300, your boy, Afi Barnrat at 92, and Neiman, who could be the chalk of the chalk, at 9,000. What are you liking in this range? Yeah, I'll start with Neiman. Um, I'm not playing him. He's, I mean, he's decently high on my model, but like if he's going to be 20, 25% owned at $9,000. He's missed more cuts this year than he's made. He's three of seven on the year and made cuts. So I would go the total opposite direction of that every day of the week if he's going to be chalky. Um, I don't mind him if he's not chalky, but that's that's just pure ownership for me. Like I will jump on the other side on that all day, just like with Tiger. Like obviously he doesn't have to win to pay that price off, but if I get beat by 25%, $9,000 Neiman because he top 10, I mean – I would I would take the other side of that all day. Um, I think Jimmy Walker's interesting. Last year when he came here, he missed the cut, but that's when kind of the Lyme disease deal was, yeah. I think, getting like really bad. Nobody really knew what was going on with him at that point. So I think he makes a very interesting play because the course history guys are going to look at him, miss cut, not really want him. Um, he's played very well this year. And he's made uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine cuts in a row and has one, two, three top tens in his last five starts. Um, so I, I like him quite a bit this week. Uh, I think he'll be kind of lower owned. And then the only other guy here, just because, you know, he is what he is, is our Happy Barnrat. Um, I don't know how popular he'll be. Um, he's His name is much more popular now than it ever has been which is fine um, coming off the 15th at the U S open, but those fairways were massive. 
So this is a different ball game, and can you keep it in the? He he, he tends to spray it, so he he freaks me out as far as that goes. Yeah, he definitely freaks me out this week. Uh, he's a funny guy because, as you know, following him the way you follow him, when he makes cuts, he usually competes. So yeah. it's one of those like he's a great GPP play, cash game maybe not so much, but if you make you know a handful of lineups, I wouldn't ignore him because if he shows up, he's gonna have a fun fun weekend. Especially um, in this field. I mean, he can compete with these guys. Oh, yeah. He could easily take this one down. And the thing with this 9,000 range, and we've said it before, and I think this week people will go into that 10,000s and 11,000s that Tiger and Ricky and those guys. This 9,000 might be really low owned, just in general. Um, I see Neiman being the most popular because his name's out there and he's the cheapest of the group. But uh, I like your Jimmy Walker take a lot. I was all over him in Texas and, and whatnot. He's playing great golf. A lot of shot makers courses there. But the guys I'm looking at here is, uh, and I think his ownership is going to be super low, is Kevin Na. I know people hate this man. Um, he missed a cut two starts. He went right at uh, a fourth and a T6. He T5 his last time out. He had a T22 at this course last year. You're talking about accuracy, um, bogey avoidance. That's Kevin Na in a nutshell when, when, he's, when he's not um, exploding inside and talking to himself and wanting to throw things. Did you Kevin know Na's he played very in good. Did you know he played in the Korea Open this past weekend? No, I did not. Finished fifth. Um, 67, 72, 70, 70. Finished fifth. I wonder why he went over there. I don't know. but he So he would be flying back maybe oh. on a round last night or today. I mean, that might be something to – That's something to monitor. Very good call. I did not know that. See, that's why we do this stuff. Um but he's on the list, I should say. I, and I don't then, uh, I mean, His stats line up. I, I agree you know, with that. Yeah, everything lines up. But, you know, if he's tired, he'll might use it as an excuse for things to go wrong. That's for sure. Um, the other guy, though, was Bo Hosser. I know he's not super experienced at this course. He's never played this course that I'm aware of. Unless he played it as an amateur. Um, coming off a second, tie for second last week. He's made 19 of 22 cuts this year. And he's one of the better bogey avoidance players in this field. So he's 9300 bucks, which is an insane price bump for this player. He's been in the you know lower prices most of the year. So he's a guy I could definitely see. Um, I think people would rather go to Barnrat instead of Hostler at that price point. So I, I could go to Hostler as a nice pivot at uh, 9,300. I like that. He reminds me of like a Kyle Stanley type two where, you know, eventually he's going to get a win. So it could happen in a weak field like this. I like I that. Think, he, he's not impressive by any means, but he's, he's just consistent. That's what I like about him. Like you said, in a field like this, he could grind it out where you don't have to sh- shoot – you know, 20 under par, he can make something happen. Let's get into the 8Ks. We got CH3, who finished second here last year. We got Patrick Rogers, Streelman, Binion, Sink, Hadley, Lovemark, Lingmurth, Woodland, Danny Lee, and uh, Kevin Tway. I'll kick us off here. Uh, CH3 at 8,900 bucks in a field like this. Uh, when you look at some of the other pricing we've already seen, seems too cheap to me. So that's definitely a guy I'm going to gravitate towards at this price range. He's one of the core players I will have later on as we get uh, into that portion of the podcast. Uh, Patrick Rogers is a guy I rode last week. He's just playing in great, great form right now. He's played good in D.C. He played well at this course last year. But 8800 bucks, I do like some Patty Rogers. Stuart Sink tore up the course on Sunday. T2, T4 the week before. He got a hell of a price bump up to 8500 bucks. We were talking T degree. Bogey, everything lines up for this course. So 8500 bucks for Stewie. Some might see that price increase and say, no way I can play him. A cash game, I think you have to play Stuart Sink. GPP still has some relevance to you. And then one at $8,000 is that's interesting to me is Danny Lee. Um, he's tilting as all tilting can be. 
T15 his last time out, but back-to-back missed cuts, then a T14 and a T7. Similar to Barnrat to me, the way he's playing right now, if he makes cuts, he's going to contend. So GPP, take a look at a guy like Danny Lee because people are going to see Tway and what he did last week. They're going to see Gary Woodland and all the talk about him and his, his three-wood and all that other stuff. Danny Lee at 8,000 will be well overlooked, I think, in that range. So those are the four I'm looking at, CH3, Patrick Rogers, Stewie Sink, and Danny Lee. Who are you liking on the 8,000s, Jesse? Yeah, I'll, I'll back the CH3 call. Um, I don't mind him, and that price isn't awful. Uh, I think Strillman's interesting at 8,700. Sink, I, I knew, like, when Sink was going off, I was just thinking, like, Bubba's really enjoying this. Because you mentioned him in the in the Slack chat on uh, Wednesday night when somebody asked you about some value plays, and you said Stewart Sink, and I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? But <laughs> – I mean, he, was, he played really well. I mean, it was a hell of a call, dude. That was a hell of a call. Of course, I didn't say that, but that's kind of like what I was thinking. Like, Stewart Sink, like, he wasn't anywhere on my radar at all. It was a great call by you. Um, I think Chesson Hadley's interesting. The only reason being is, obviously, he was fourth highest owned last on last week's slate, missed the cut, um, two straight missed cuts now. He doesn't play very well on par 70 tracks from what I've gathered in watching other people tweet about him. Um, so maybe that's what the issue is with, you know, I don't know if, if he'll fare well here, but I think you can probably get him at much less ownership this week if you're willing to take a chance. So I don't mind him for like GPPs. Jamie Lovemark um, has been playing pretty well here recently. He's His accuracy off the tee scares me a little bit, but hitting a lot of greens in regulation. Um, and the putter's been working for him. He finished 19th last week. Uh, Gary Woodland would be my probably number one play in this in this region at 8100 I think that's a really good discounted price for somebody of his stature. Um, he's still coming back from whatever in the hell was going on with him in the middle of the season where he missed five straight cuts. Um, but he's made two in a row now, and one was at the U.S. Open, uh, hitting a lot of greens and driving it in the fairway. So I think he's interesting there at, at 81, and, I, and I, I will most likely play him a bunch this week. I don't hate it at all. Uh, we're going to head to our favorite range, the 7K range. And I was thinking when I was researching players that, damn, it does not feel like a lot of players down here. And Jesse, I realized I forgot I buried the lead earlier. There's only 120 people in this field. Yeah, it's invitation. So we're going to get a heck of a lot of guys making the cut this week. So keep that in mind, people, when you're trying to be really fancy, there's going to be a lot of cuts made. So how do you approach that, Jesse? Do you try to get even sneakier or you just say, screw it, I need to make sure I get six – I can't even play around with it now? Uh, I mean, it, it just makes it more important to try to get the winner um, on your team. So, I mean, it, especially low scoring like this, like it's going to be similar to U.S. Open where position, points for finished position are going to matter more than uh, – and I mean, it's not, not going to be a birdie fest. So, you, I mean – if you have the winner, you're going to be ahead. And, and even if six and six is high, if you have five or four even, you can probably still get over top of a lot of those six or sixes in cash. I like it. Well, let's do 75 and above real quick. We'll split it up. you got Billy Ho, Putnam, Billy Haas, Lahiri, Laird, Mitchell, Poston, Blom, Jones, Siwoo Kim, Ryan Armour, Ryan Palmer, and Nick Watney. A couple names there, Jesse. We mentioned uh, the guys that uh, are coming in either good form, DK points-wise, or did very well here last year. What are some of the names you like at 75 and above? Yeah, obviously Andrew Putnam, um, 79. I think that price is really, really low uh, in this field. Um, just, I mean, when I say really low, like 
I love it. I don't know. It, it's probably not low, but I like that price a lot at 7,900. So I have quite a bit of him. Obviously, no Dustin Johnson to get in the way of the win this week. So um, big fan of Andrew Putnam. I think Siwoo is way underpriced at, at 76. And that kind of scares me because I feel like a lot of people will play him. He did miss the cut here last year. Um, 26th last week at the Travelers, miscut the U.S. Open, but several made cuts before that. So um, on these shorter tracks uh, where it's kind of accuracy, he, he tends to do well, like the Heritage. And last week, he you know he did all right last week. Ryan Armour's, Ryan Armour's okay at 75. Um, I don't know. There's not a whole lot in this range that I love. Uh, I guess Lahiri might, might be playable. Uh, Matt Jones at 76. He was in the lead for a while last week. So he's interesting. It's a very, very good discount. He did make the cut here last year. Oh, I like that. Uh, for the top range, I, I like that button on calls. Well, I'm going to definitely watch the ownership in that direction. But a guy like Billy Haas, T13 here last year before the missed cut last uh, last time out. Uh, three straight cuts made. So maybe he's starting to get back into form at 7,800 bucks. I do like Lahiri at 7,800. I liked him last week. Finished T9 last week. Uh, definitely has been uh, pretty decent form. Four straight made cuts on the tour. Uh, Nick Watney at 7,500 bucks. I like a ton. Uh, T13 here last year likes to play these kind of shot makers courses. Didn't miss the cut his last time out. Um, but we, we've, we've been on him quite a bit. He is a defending champion, or not defending, but he has one at this tournament, different course. But at 7,500 bucks, definitely a bogey avoidance uh, shot maker at this price range that I can definitely get behind. So those are a few I like in the 75 and above. When you go below 75, I'm not going to read them all off, but a couple I am looking at is Brian Gabe. You talk about recent form. He's coming in on fire, T20, T12, T44, 12, T72, in his last five events, uh, T43 at this course last year. So, uh, you know, he's a guy that's he's not going to spray it all over the place. He's going to play decent around the greens. He's been putting much better of late, so definitely a guy you can look at in Brian Gay. Uh, you go down a little farther, uh Jimmy Hahn is a guy that you mentioned last week being in the super, super team. I think he's 67 or something like that last week. Got a T36. He's made two straight cuts. T46 here last year. He's played well in Potomac in general in this uh, D.C. area. So Jimmy Hahn at 72, somebody can look at. Uh, Johnny Huff is kind of an all-or-nothing type guy at 71. He uh, got a T61 last week, missed cut prior, T44, T22. Uh, he's a guy at 7,100 that he can make a run and do some damage for you. Uh, Harris English at 7K is a guy I'm looking at. Um, he's coming in horrible form. T22 here last year. He's made all four cuts in the D.C. area, but in really, really bad form. So 7K, it's a dicey GPP type play. One I like a little better, though. And he's, he's made at least five straight cuts. He had a T38 here last year. I, I mentioned him in our preseason kind of youngsters to watch guys, but uh, Mr. Malinati playing really, really well as of late. He's $7,000. He's another guy that kind of uh, fits these shot maker type courses. He doesn't have to bomb it away and uh, play around. So he's at 7K and another guy I'm looking at. Who do you like in the 7,400 and a below? I mean, there's not, not much. Um, <laughs> a couple of a couple of plays I think that are like uh, ownership type of plays. So like Rory Sabatini, he had made a bunch of cuts in a row since the beginning of the year, and he finally missed one to Travelers last week. He was about 9% owned. Um, so he wasn't super high on, but I, I like him for a bounce back this week just because um, he had been playing really, really well and maybe, you know, getting a weekend off, let him recharge the batteries a little bit. CT Payne, I think, is in the same type of boat. Now, I did see Mayo 
already mentioned him, so his ownership could be back up there again. I I was on him at the beginning of the week and then fell off of him after I thought he was going to be chalky, and he missed the cut. Um, so another guy in a bounce-back spot. Uh, Sam Ryder is interesting to me. He shot 64 on Sunday at the Travelers. He hit 83% of his greens in regulation um, and 75% of the fairways last week. Just the putter wasn't that great. So, um, And he's miscut every other time for like the last – two months, three months, four months, okay, since January. Uh, so this would be the miscut if he does continue that pattern. Um, but I do think he's interesting at $7,100. Um, other than that, I mean, it's like you could play Adam Hadwin at 7300 I don't know what is going on with him, though, recently because um, he's just not played that well. Fabian Gomez, you mentioned him earlier. He's actually made three straight cuts on tour. He missed one cut on the web.com. Um, but of those three straight made cuts, his sports finish is 45th. The St. Judy finished 19th last week. So, I mean, that, that could be a sneaky GPP play. I mean, he's been 0. 0.1, 0. 0.2, 0. 0.7% owned in GPPs over his last three times out. And he was most owned at the Sony Open this year at 0.8%. Yeah, I think they're, if I remember, like he's averaging 75 points a week in his last three. So, yeah, not bad at that price point. No, I mean, at 7,100, you could do a lot worse. Most definitely. Let's talk about even worse. Let's go to the, the below 7K range where it's very, very bleak. Um, anybody you're looking at here that if you had to, you could use? Uh, there's a few. Bronson Burgoon at uh, at bare minimum 6,400. I mean, if you're just looking to create some space, he's uh, two straight missed cuts, but he did finish 16th at the at Byron Nelson. Um, does hit a lot of fairways. So he could be interesting. Uh, Tyler Duncan, he's played really well of late. He played pretty good at the U.S. Open, made the cut, 56, 33rd last week. Um, 6,700, you could do a heck of a lot worse. Scott Stallings, maybe. Uh, Michael Thompson at 6,800. He's, uh, I mean, he's an okay play. He had a lot of greens the last time he played, but that was Fort Worth, so I don't really put a whole lot of stock in that. Um, and he hasn't played in a month, so I don't know what he's been doing. But he's he's kind of got a good rating on model. Seamus Power um, is another guy, probably last but not least, at uh, sixty. Was he sixty nine? Um, finished thirty eighth year last year, and uh, two straight make cuts on tour. Um, he was contending, I do believe, for a while at St Jude. He was in the lead. He shot sixty five on on Thursday, uh, so he he was up there, and then you know, just kind of leveled off on the weekend. But I I won't go I won't go down here. Yeah, a couple if I needed to. A guy like Jason Cockrack kind of fits yeah. these fits these ball strikers. He, he's not going to go deep, and he's in a, a weird funk. T straight missed cuts, but T26 here last year, uh, definitely a good T to green type player. A uh, couple others, I know we hate him because he was chalky and he missed the cut, but Ben Crane before that missed cut was playing really, really well. Another guy that um, in this field could do well at 6,700. And then a guy like Nick Taylor at 66, another guy I could look at. T29 here last year, miscut T30, miscut T32. So it's kind of an all or nothing with him. But uh, he's 6,600 and a good bogey avoidance type player. But like you said, try not to go down here if you don't need to. But Kokrak and uh, and Benny Crane are a couple I, I don't completely despise. If I, I, don't, I, I like Kokrak. I mean, you know, I don't know what happened to him last week. He shot 66, 78. Yeah, that's just a bad uh, lead to miss cut. Like, 
odd to me. I don't know what the hell's going on there, but I mean, you could sixty nine hundred. You know, you could do a whole heck of a lot worse than him too. Yeah, because he's a, he's a name. You wouldn't be surprised if he's in the top ten come into the weekend with his talent level. Yeah, and then he'll finish fiftieth. But yeah, exactly. On Sunday, he'll pull up Paul Casey. Um, <laughs> with that being said, who's you? If you had to take one from down below, who's your favorite punt? Uh, you know, if if I'm gonna go below seven, um, I would really let take a look at uh, Tyler Duncan. I think he's um he should go under own. If I'm just at like at seventy one or below, Sam Ryder, Fabian Gomez. Yeah. Yeah. My two would be like Paul Monati at 7K or Coke Crack at 69. Would be the, the two punts I'd be kind of looking at there. Uh, who's your bust of the week? Bust. Neiman. Nice. Mine's the same. It is every week he's been in the field as Tiger Woods. <laughs> but uh, that's the easy one. So I have another one lined up for you. JB Holmes. Does that count at 10,000? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't. Because he's coming in a great form. I can already see the people now I trying see to him sell being, that play. I could see him being a little chalky, too. I mean, a lot of people don't like JB. Yep. He slow played the hell out of uh, the leaders last uh, weekend, too, on Sunday. Yeah, real They bad. were talking about that as, a, as those guys were walking up 17, and Casey just hit his ball in the water. They were talking about how slow the round had been. For those two. Yeah, that, that would tilt me. I can't handle slow play. It kills me. Um, so who is your core for the week? Uh, Putnam for sure. And then, uh, as far as the others, probably most likely Woodland. Um, man, I don't know if I, if I can do it or not, but Franny would probably be. Yes, you can. You can do it. You can do it, Jesse. Fucking tilting, watching him on shot tractors. He's, he's amazing. Um, if I go up top, it is going to be Franny, but, um, my, my main core and like the eights and sevens, CH3, Stewie Sink, and Nick Watney, some combination of that. Uh, I'll build around that by going higher or lower and uh, making it all fit. But I, I'm a big fan of the CH3 this week. Who is Who do you have winning it? Give me a kind of regular and a, a long shot. Uh, so if it's a regular, then I'll, I'll go Franny. Long shot again, Andrew Putnam. I'm staying on the train. Um, I'm the conductor here after the second-place finish at uh, St. Jude Classic. So – Let's finish it this week, Andrew. People just need to remember that when Jesse's on a train, he was on Casey. He's been on Tommy Fleetwood. And he's been a barn rat, rat train. Most of, these, most of the time, these trains go very, very well. So <laughs> just remember that. Every now and then, they have hiccups. Off the tracks. But, well, when it happens, it's a glorious combustion. It's just, yeah. but, uh, but most of the time, they don't screw you too bad. Right. Uh, I, I agree with the Molly take. If it's somebody high, I'll, I'll go with some Molly. But um, there's a headline for you. Don't take that one out of context. Um, but otherwise, I'm going to go CH3. I like CH3 quite a bit. But uh, looking at his odds, he's like 28 or 30 to 1, which, again, makes no sense with his price. But um, DK-wise, I like CH3 at 8,900 to win this week. Real quick, before we wrap it up, Jesse, there is a big tournament in Europe, and I know you're a degenerate. Yeah, uh, you might not have dug into it a ton just yet, but we got names like Justin Thomas, John Rom, Fleetwood, RCB, Norin, Poulter, Sergio. The list goes on and on and on. It is loaded, absolutely loaded over there in Paris where they're having the Ryder Cup later this year. Is like one reason why a lot of them are there. But um, I don't know if you've done a lot of research. Do you have any kind of tidbits on this at all? It, it locks at, uh, I believe, midnight Eastern time on Wednesday. Yeah. I'll probably dabble a little bit. Um, I do like Fleetwood quite a bit. Uh, he's number one on – I'm just 
switching over to basically these prices on this model. This is a 156 man field. So it is a full field, full cut. Um, but I, if I'm up top, I would take, uh, I would take Fleetwood. I, I would hop back on Poulter. I think he's just playing too well, at, especially at that price, 9,400. Even if you start there, I think you can do a lot of different things. Um, I, I can't hardly ever do Knox, but he's, he's very high up on the model. Miko Corn, and he's been playing really, really well at 8,000. He has made three cuts out of four here. And then Aaron Rye played really well last week, too, 7,600. Man, I'm looking at this field right now. I might have to play. But the, when I, the problem is, is the GPP suck. Well, and that's typical DraftKings when it comes to Euro. Euro. I mean, like, they have just gotten worse and worse and worse and worse. I would play Euro every week if – I wasn't putting up $33 to win 750 tops. Like, it's just bad. You know, it's just bad, dude. Like, it's annoying. Yeah, that's pretty rough. But that'll wrap it up. We'll see what happens. Anybody, if you have any Euro questions, you have any questions for the National, join us in the Slack chat Wednesday night. We'll jump in there again try to do the same thing about uh, 8-ish Eastern. We'll be hanging out in there off and on for about an hour or two. Myself, Jesse, uh, Rob comes in there a lot, and uh, we'll have some fun, get some uh, info popping in there. You never know. Maybe, you know, we'll, we'll pivot off somebody or something fun. But uh, go check out Jesse on Twitter at DFS Golf Gods. I'm at BDN Trick, and the podcast is at Always Press DFS. Any final words, Jesse? Uh, don't play a lot of money this week. <laughs> there you go. The sad part is I looked at the schedule. We still have like a month to the open. So there's a couple of rough tournaments coming up here. <laughs> but yeah. Green Buyer, John Deere. Once we get past the open, it'll be really good. But yeah, it's a little rough stretch here. Yeah. But all right, everybody, that'll wrap us up. The always pressing PGA DFS podcast preview of the Quicken Loans National. Catch you guys next week. Ready to show, go, 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 go,